And if you see a broadcast light come on before I do, just let me know. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, oh, it is on. Okay. It's live. I'm so glad I have Craig uh, Cuffey telling me that we're live because I'm still waiting on my end. So anyway, Brent Leary here. Another another great conversation. Actually, I was going to say another great conversation this week, but this is another great conversation that goes back almost a year to a first great conversation I had with Craig Cuffey, who is the EVP and Chief Procurement Officer for Salesforce. Craig, thank you for joining me again. Brent, it's, uh, it's been a long time and it's great to be back. You know, we were just talking. It, 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 it's been a long time, but it hasn't felt like a long time. But a lot of things have happened in this amount of time. You know, it's uh, what is it? The phrase a New York minute, right? <laughs> it, feels, it feels like a New York minute between, you know, July 20, 2020, you and I were just talking about. And here we are at June 29, 2021. It just, you know, just 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 about 12 months almost exactly. And it, it's gone by in a flash. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, our initial conversation, we were right on the heels of things that happened with George Floyd and uh, Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery. We were about five or six months into the pandemic. There's just a ton of stuff going on. Um, and we had such a great conversation. I wanted to follow up, you know, and see how things are going, see how things, you know, are progressing in some of the activities that you and Salesforce were involved in. But I thought before we even jumped into it, why don't I play a clip from a part of our conversation last year and that kind of kickstart, you know, what we uh, pick it up from after we play this clip. So uh, Great. I'm going to go ahead and play this and let it rip. The text to, you know, shortly after the killing of, of Mr. Floyd, um, you know, to our COO. And I said, I have never known tougher times. And that single incident, you know, videoed for eight minutes and 46 seconds and then broadcast on the news globally crystallized the movement, right? Not the moment, but the movement. You know, we started a task force, our racial equality and justice task force, and it's modeled on a conversation we had with Melody Hobson. Mark was doing the interview. Melody said, I think about the three P's. I think about people purchasing power and philanthropy, right? What are you doing with the people, right? Are we indexing in the right way? Are we not indexing in the right way? And if not, why not? Let's understand that. Oh, by the way, they're just numbers and don't be afraid of them. Purchasing power, where are we spending our money? Where are we investing our money? So I partner with the ventures team. There's the money that I manage with a company to procure goods and services, but then there's the ventures team that are that have committed to spending $100 million over the next three years on a dedicated fund to find black and fund black entrepreneurs. And I'm going to spend $100 million, I'm going to spend more than that over the next three years, as well as grow um, our diverse supplier numbers 25% year on year. Philanthropy, what are we doing? What are we supporting? Are we enabling, right? And then the last piece, which we added, we added another P. So there are four P's instead of the three, policy, right? We stand up and we have stood up many times around policies. Right. All right. So that was just kind of a, a very small piece of our conversation from last year. You mentioned at the beginning of the clip that, that last year you called it one of your toughest year, if not your, the toughest year for you. And kind of the things that Salesforce put in place as part of in reaction or a part of 
you know, dealing with some of the things that were going on. So why don't you first tell us you know, where you are personally today and, and, and what's happened the last year. There's, you know, we have seen a conviction uh, in the murder of uh, George Floyd. We've also seen kind of the, the backlash during uh, the coronavirus towards Asian Americans that I don't think we had, we didn't feel a year ago like we've seen it roll out over this past year. And, you know, the things that you and Salesforce were working on were kind of new initiatives. Um, so why don't you take uh, some time to just share, you know, some of your personal feelings about the last year and also how things are going when it comes to some of the initiatives that Salesforce has put out there in response to the big developments of the last couple of years. Yes. Thank, thanks, Brent. I mean, I would not be the first person to say um, it's been a tough year where we, we, we kind of say that every day. I would not be the first person to say there is a tremendous sense of isolation right? When you're cut off from your family and from your friends, from your coworkers, um, it's just not natural, right? Even, even if you were a remote worker, a, a stay-at-home worker anyway, you still have ways to go find interaction. So, so that's really the underlayment of, 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 of a very common experience that we've had. On top of that, you had the pandemic, right? Which, which created in itself lots of fear. Right? And so what's safe? And every day the news was changing and the, the count of folks that were infected and the folks that were dying of it were going up. And, you know, the two TVs in the house were on 24-7 watching what was going on. And, 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 and that was the news. That was the news of the day. And then the, the sort of the world and fits and starts opening and closing and opening and closing. Just, just too much for a lot of folks. And then the, the incidence of, of, of depression for folks. Um, um, and just helping people through tough times of, of loneliness, job loss, right? For lots of families, including, you know, inside of my family, my, 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 not my, you know, my immediate family, my children, one, but that, that was, you know, that's results up pretty quickly. Uh, but then my brothers, right? And others who were impacted by this. Um, the, the, what happened with George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, right, right after that, you and I talked in July, but shortly after George Floyd was murdered, because it is now illegal, right, it's gone through a child with three, was murdered, um, you know, shootings continued, and young black men continued to be shot, right, without explanation. Um, and in, in, in it's, you know, in, in cities like Minneapolis, right, so it's like, wow, and it just, you, you kind of, I mean, I personally, I get a little dismayed every time I hear it and I, my heart sinks a little bit and then, but I do have hope because all the work that's going around it, right? Um, so the year was, was, was tough, uh, you know, and at Salesforce, I mean, we've had a wonderful, you know, from a company performance standpoint, we've had a wonderful year, right? So it kind of makes you sad because it's like, oh my goodness, you're having this great year on top of all of this disruption that's happened right around the planet and so it's very very bittersweet our ceo would say this is kind of a bit you know it, it's great to have a great quarter kind of, it's bittersweet right uh, because circumstances have forced companies to accelerate their digital transformations which you know that's right in our wheelhouse from what we do for a living 
um, we have hardened, right, our, 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 our resolve and our commitment around um, fighting systemic racism, right, in all of its forms against all of the folks that, that, are, that are subjects of it, right? Unbelievably dismayed to see what happened inside the Asian community or to the Asian community, the random attacks on the most vulnerable, the absolute hate that was that, that you're kind of used to, right? As a black person, right? You, you, it's always kind of there, right? And so people say, was well, this new? I said, no, this is not new. It's just come to the surface, right? Right? There's a set of circumstances that allowed the ground to open up and allowed this hate to come through and become you know, nightly news, um, but it was always there. And then you see the same thing happen to our Asian brothers and sisters, and you just go, where, how, we haven't evolved at all as a people, if we can't figure out how to, you know, if not love one another, tolerate one another, respect one another, work with one another, be side by side with one another for the common good, right? And that that's just, it's hard, right? That's really, really hard. Now, against that, I, I've said, and I may have said on our broadcast, a year ago, you know, we created the Racial Equality and Justice Task Force. And so it is alive and kicking. I am missing a meeting as we speak because my team are thinking, saying, where are you? And I'm saying, I, 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 I literally, you know, I'm not supposed to look at my phone. So I'm in an interview with Brent Leary. I'm sorry, call Zena. My fabulous yeah, right? Because I'm I'm a little I'm, I'm, I'm blame me, folks. Blame me, not him. Blame yeah, me. I'm otherwise <laughs> occupied, but but for important cause. Um, I mean, just if you just look at the stats, when the focus, just just to recap the focus, four P's, the four pillars, right? People, purchasing, philanthropy, and policy, right? So there are four senior executives who are the chairs. Right, three along with myself. We have sub leads, right? Part of our businesses, naturally part of our businesses, and about 50 other folks across the company maniacally focused on this and moving this forward. Right. On the people front, 50% increase in VP plus black leaders. Right. And what is that? That's due to focus. Right. Now, against a 60,000 person company, it's still a small number, right? But it's a big number and it's growing. Right, so we're really pleased about that. Our underrepresented minority hiring up forty percent year on year. Right, what is that? That's focus. Right, Brent, that is focusing on it. Um, partnering with the Executive Leadership Council. I've been an ELC member for uh, 13, 14 years, and we were the last couple of years have begun to partner with them to help our URMs rise up in through you know from middle management to senior leadership and, and the skill set required and a very unique experience as minority leaders so we're in our second year of that and have doubled down on it um inclusive promotion training right i mean no news i mean universal across sort of all of industry you know we, we say go get a diverse slate and they go get a diverse slate but those diverse folks don't make it past round one right and then sometimes they don't make it right into the round, right? Forget getting past round one and around two, they don't make it in the round one. So why not? So we've done a lot of work to understand that and have trained our management in, in inclusive hiring. What does it mean, right? To be an inclusive leader. And those things permeate our, our leadership training programs, 
I mean, we did uh, a quality ally training. 7,000 Salesforce employees have gone through ally training, right? All the ally training. So we put our money where our mouth is and our efforts where our mouth as well. We have established an equality recruiting team, right? Hmm. With, 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 with a singular focus, with a singular focus, right? To focus on minority talent, right? That's huge. We have a warm line. We call it a warm line. Not We didn't invent the warm line. It came from another company, the concept. But it's so that folks can have a confidential conversation about belonging and why they don't feel like they belong and what's happening inside their space. So it's not, you know, ER, where you call ER and say, this is really, really bad. Something's happening. And an investigation starts, this is, I need some help, right? It doesn't mean those other things couldn't happen, but that's that's the first start of, you know, I'm, I'm not a part of the franchise who I believe I should be part of the franchise. And right. how, do we, how do you help the company get there? You know, philanthropy, 200 million, we, did, we committed $200 million and a million hours of VTO over the next five years. That's a big commitment, right? And we're moving out and very focused on, high impact organizations that focus on racial equality, right? And my dear friend, Ebony Beckwith runs, you know, runs the Salesforce foundation and heads all our philanthropic efforts. I mean, she's just awesome. And we want to close that gap, you know, with your own students, right? And so this is one of those, and you've heard this when people say, is this a moment or is it a movement, right? We can turn a moment into a movement by not giving up the focus, by keeping it unbelievably present. I did a leadership training. I was one of the faculty. And I had a whole bunch of stuff going on, right? Mm. During that week, it was kind of brutal. Four days of solid out faculty stuff for Zoom, on Zoom and other things going on. And I said, you know what? I said, my learning this week, my personal learning is I need to be more present. I need to stop doing a zillion things at a time because... I'm not good at that many things. <laughs> we all find that we we're not built to multitask. We think we are, but we don't. But being focused and being present and keeping this top of mind, right, is what will help. You know, from the moment to the movement, and that's really really important. That companies like Salesforce keep that focus. Purchasing, we talked about, and I've been saying it from counting spend to counting impact, mm. right. Because I told you a year ago, like we, you know, folks who have my job, like how much, how many billions of do you have under management? That's what we talk about. That's how we talk about each other, right? Um, and that's all well and good, but what is the impact of the dollars you spend? Who are you helping? Um, I had said something. I was with uh, um, uh, a team of folks um, who do what I do, and we we're talking about. They talk about addressable spend and non-addressable spend, right? Because the goal is, and there really is a concept around what we what happens and we spend through our daily and you know, quarterly yearly spend. And there are things that that are kind of sacrosanct in a business, like all what happens in the financial side, the the bankers, the you know the treasury people, and so on. And, and in some cases, very high end consultants. We do M and A. Those are all specialties. And no, it's all addressable. It's all addressable. You do what my dear friend Robin Washington says is when someone comes there when she was still CFO, she's retired now, um, and a, you know, pick a bank, one of the big bank comes in and says, you want to do business. And she says, well, tell me, tell me, what does your portfolio look like of diverse companies that do business with you? And I want to see when you call on me, 
I want to see some diversity because I know there's some black bankers out there, right? So, you know, having those conversations um, are really, really important, right? And, and so I've said to uh, my, my head of uh, supplier diversity and sustainability, a uh, fantastic executive named uh, Madison Gunter, I said, I want to be a member of the billion dollar round here. Right. So if you go find that, my dear friend, Shelly Stewart is the chair of that. And the billion dollar round table is a number of companies that spend collectively eighty three billion dollars with diverse suppliers. Right. And that's just like the tip of the iceberg, eighty three billion. That's the tip of the iceberg. And I said, I want to be right. And trust me, there's no vacation. There's no jet. There's no profit. <laughs> There's nothing but bragging rights, right? To be the billion dollar round table, right? But what it says is that you're doing your job, right? And that you're being unbelievably inclusive, right? When it comes to the focus on diverse suppliers. And I, and I take that a step forward and from counting spend to truly counting impact. Um, so lots of good work. I mean, Policy, I have to mention the policy work we're doing, you know, advocating for police reform, right? So we're out front, right, in the halls of legislatures, advocating for police reform, advocating for civic engagement, advocating for policies that drive empowerment, looking at um, laws and regulations that protect against racism, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, right now, all of the, the conversation around voter rights, right, it's huge. So, yeah, working working aggressively on all those things. Yeah. So, so I mean, lots of good work. And and you know, and one of the things we did internally is we said we pulled this team together, um, and it was sort of all volunteer. At first, we said, "Well, we need a budget for this, right? <laughs> right. What's all this stuff going to cost, right?" And then, so so making sure that these multi-year programs can get funded and have people to do it right. So it's not just lip service and it gets plugged into the chief diversity officer's office or somewhere in, inside of human resources or somewhere inside you know pick pick a department um it doesn't matter what it's linked to it matters that it is funded right mm -hmm. in the right way so it's effective and so those are the kinds of things that we've done right over time right uh in this last year and like i said i'm missing a meeting right now <laughs> and because it's it's a hot ticket, right? And it, and I'm telling you, I, I've said this to the 50 people, the task force chairs of which I'm a co-chair, and the sub chairs and the the team doing the work uh, along with us. This will be some of the best work of your careers. It mm. really will be, and you can sense the energy, right? Um, we talk about it publicly. It's we 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 put out public updates for people to see on our LinkedIn channel or. Our uh, Twitter channel and other and other modes, um, you know, we, we we our executives talk about it. I talk about it on a regular basis, and then we don't you know, just talk about it. We do it. So a phrase that, that that I've been using that is not my phrase. It's from a great leader, a guy called Steve Bennett that that I work with. Uh, he was a CEO of Intuit, and he talked about the say do ratio, hmm. right? The say do ratio, and that it's it's getting some traction inside of Salesforce. Um, but that's, that's what's to say, do, what is your say, do, right? Huh. You're doing what you say, your say, do has to be, guess what? One to one. 
Mm. Right? It's got to be the ratio. Right? It's a ratio. <laughs> Say it, you do it. Nice. So you guys have done a lot. <laughs> it's, it's rather apparent. And I like how you say it, it, it'll probably end up being some of the most rewarding work of everybody's career who's a part of this. Yeah. But with every good movement, uh, there are challenges, there are ups and downs, there are things that make you like, you know, scream in the middle of the night. <laughs> so give, uh, give me some of the things that have been the, like the most challenging or maybe the most surprising challenges that you faced as you've gone through this and, and this team has gone through this last year? You know, I, I, I don't know if I've had any surprises, right? Um, I don't sleep, so I don't scream in the middle of the night. <laughs> these, these aren't tattoos. These are permanent wounds <laughs> under my eyes. Um, you know, this is a long format problem and a long format solution, right? So if any of us thinks that um, through any one action, including up through the President of the United States, right, and executive orders and potential legislation, that this is going to change overnight, it's not. It will not change in my lifetime. I don't know if you're familiar with this study that McKenzie did. It came out a couple of months ago. And they talked about economic parity and that black America, it will take um, – left to its own devices with the current um, forces at play, 95 years before the black community would see economic parity. And this study, you find it, it breaks it down, right? It breaks it down by industry, by geography. It gives you a little history lesson. You know, most black folks live down, they still live down south. They don't live necessarily where all the most money is made. I mean, it's, it's a real, you know, it, 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 it made me sad. I mean, it just, yeah, I read this thing. It's like, you just go, oh. So it, it took me a long time. And our CEO sent it out. He sent it out to me and a handful of others to take a look at. And I just said, it makes me sad. Um, yeah. And if I think about it, it's like, if I put this in terms of uh, my life and the life of my family, I said, 95 years, my granddaughter is four. Mm. So I said, you know, wow. if you think about 95 years from now, when she is almost 100, when she's 99, her great-grandchildren will have the kind of opportunity that he, we have dreamed about. So it would take, in some, 500 years for Blacks in this, on this country, on this continent, to see economic parity, hmm. right? It also said that if we do everything we know how to do, like right now, and everybody, you know, got it, that's 25 years, which is still a long difference. That's a huge difference. Right? It's a huge difference. But 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 talk about it. You said what 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 surprises me? This is a long, long, long story arc, right? It really is. And then so I mean, people will say to me, well, Craig, why don't they get it? I said it's not their experience. Right? Right? It's just not their experience. So they're just not tomorrow going to get it. They're going to try. And people with good hearts will earnestly and honestly try to get it and do the best they can to create some kinship and some empathy. Mm -hmm. Right? And then from empathy to action. But it doesn't happen overnight. It's hard to unlearn 
what you have learned. It just, it just is, right? So I can take anyone and I can dump them in a black community that doesn't make them black, right? right? I can take anyone and say, okay, you, you are now Craig Cuffey in every way, shape, and form, but you haven't lived my last 59 years. I am 60 now, by the way. So, so you know, I, I discount one. I get to throw this year away. So, <laughs> so I get another birthday next April where I will turn 60 again, just saying. <laughs> um, but but if, I, if I look back at my experience and you look back at all the things that have happened in my career, and and a lot of what's happened right, outside of my own personal shortcomings, because we all have them, uh, a, a significant cause is just how the world is relative to systemic racism, right? So so um, I look at you know ninety five years. I look at my mm. my my brothers. Uh, I'm one of ten boys. Five of us are gone, right? Mm. Five of us are gone. None of them live to to age 70, mm. right? Uh, four of them completely disenfranchised from society. Or, I mean, I am the, the in my family, the unbelievable exception. I'm an exception, right, in corporate overall, and I am an unbelievable exception in my family and where I grew up, right? That needs to be normalized, right? That's all we're trying to do. We're just trying to normalize. I like how you said, going from empathy to action because I, I think I've seen a lot a lot of emphasis on uh, being empathetic and being I guess that is kind of the start of where hopefully that bleeds right into some action. I'm thinking about just this past year actually this just past month we had the uh, 100 year acknowledgement or memorial or however you want to phrase it for what happened in Tulsa. And we also had uh, Juneteenth become a federal holiday. It, it, are these signs of action from a whole bunch of empathy that took place after seeing what happened a little over a year ago? Um, you know, I, I, I've known about Tulsa for a long, long time, right? Mm -hmm. And someone had uh, one of our, uh, our our commercial, the head of commercial legal, who handles you know my team from a legal standpoint, um, asked a question. He said, "Craig, I didn't learn about any of this, right? So I didn't learn about any of this in college or high school." And I said, "You know, history is written by the victors, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> because you wipe out the vanquished, so they don't get the right to history. History is written by the victors, number one, right? right? And then number two, um, you know, you have to be curious, right? You have to sort of say, why is the world the way it is? And help me understand. So you have to become a little bit of a personal historian yourself and a researcher to go find out about these things. Yeah. Um, Juneteenth, you know, been around since Juneteenth has been around, right? And, and is it, is it happenstance that we have uh, the acknowledgement of the 100th anniversary of what happened in Tulsa, uh, just essentially a mass murder. There's, there's no other way to... No other way to say it. Before they were calling it a riot. Now I think they're finally calling it a massacre. It was called a riot. They call it yeah. the Tulsa riot. So it wasn't a riot. It wasn't <laughs> black people. There wasn't a bunch of black people in a very prosperous community all of a sudden breaking bad with the rest of the community. That's not what happened. 
<laughs> right? I mean, they had planes. They had incendiary devices dropped on them. It was fire bombs. <laughs> you know, it was this. This was a coordinated assault yes. on the community, right? Um. So these two events in this last month were an acknowledgement and recognition. So that the hundredth anniversary of the of the murders in Tulsa um, were an acknowledgement that it happened, right? Because you know, very few people have survived that long to tell that story. And there are very few causes that have taken up the story. And this is an unbelievable time where we are now, where um, things have coalesced such that the story can be told in a meaningful way, and social media helps a great deal. But it's an acknowledgement of an unbelievable wrong, right? Um, Juneteenth, I, I, I don't... I don't believe the whole community understands the importance of what it's like to be an enslaved people and the lives of those individuals and what it meant to be free, right? And what it meant to be free. And uh, in most cases, not in all cases, in most cases, uh, if you are a black or an African-American, choose which term you want, you're descendants of slaves unless you came to this country from another country. Mm -hmm. So it's that legacy lives with you always, right? It lives with you always. Um, and it's great to see uh, in society the, the, the triumphs that this community has had, despite, you know, systemic racism in its economic, in its social, and in its brutality. <laughs> that's been you know played out in this community yeah. so yes to be celebrated I, I i do have a little bit of ambivalence i think i'm glad to see it's a, a federal holiday and i'm I, I look at it more as a memorial because <laughs> growing up we would you know we got taught these lessons too and the fact that it took two and a half years for these folks to find out that they weren't slaves that there's a little there's some anger mixed in with some joy at least the way i i look at that because these folks were they stayed slaves for two and a half years longer than they should have well they mm -hmm. should have never been slaves but right. they, they stayed slaves for longer than you know they should have and i'm glad that we're we're memorializing that i just hope that we don't just look at it as a barbecue opportunity i think it's a it's a, a time of reflection in addition uh, to a time of joy because those folks, you know, that, that was part of what America was kind of back then. Uh, if you could get away with certain things, you did it. And you did. You did. And, and it was an economic system built on manual labor um, that was forced, you know, through the enslavement of another. Um, and that in anyone's book is bad, right? Um, now, the way that I think about, you know, Memorial Day, the way I think about Juneteenth, the way I think about Veterans Day, those are solemn holidays. Those aren't barbecue days, right? Yeah. Those are days for understanding uh, the sacrifice, um, understanding, you know, the level of commitment the folks have made, including, you know, those who have 
you know, made the ultimate sacrifice, all of those holidays. Um, it, it is for me a little annoying that we've, we've found ways over time to commercialize them, right? Um, you know, Memorial Day sale, right? Where you can say, oh, okay, guys, right? <laughs> right. Um, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a marketeer, so I, you know, yeah, I won't, I won't comment much on that, but it, it, it is the way that we've looked at it. And we, we made it a, a holiday this year for the company and we said, please use this as a time of, of reflection, right? A time of being, you know, it's funny. You know, I, I literally talk all day, right? From the time I wake up <laughs> I go to bed, as you do, it is kind of, that's what they pay us for. Um, but it is healthy and good to take pause and have a day of reflection and be thankful. Um, you know, there, there are many folks who have made sacrifices for us, for us to have what we have, including our parents. Right? It doesn't need to be, you know, four generations ago for folks to have made those sacrifices. Wow, Craig, this is, this is deep. It always gets good and deep when we get the chance to talk. Uh, just, Shouldn't have to take a year before. You know, we <laughs> airplanes were always flying. They just didn't have a lot of people on them. So, I mean, we we could figure out we could figure out a way that you know to, 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 to see each other. You know, this every eleven months is this kind of like work. <laughs> we could be friends, right? We could you know make an effort. That's right, man. Well, you know, whenever whenever Dreamforce whenever start people's are traveling for events. You know, and, and Dreamforce is definitely one of those that I want to get back in the saddle if uh, I would love to be able to just sit, get out of our rooms, although we still look like we're kind of in the same space. You're just out there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, you're, no, you're, come on, down the hallway. <laughs> we got to do a face-to-face because I, I really enjoy our conversations and I really appreciate the time you took, especially since, you know, you got your, 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 missing out on a meeting uh, talking about a lot of this stuff. Um, but I appreciate it. And let me, I, I would, let me just ask. So what are we looking at a year from now? Are we further into the movement? Are we seeing, are we seeing progress maybe even accelerating into the next year or two when it comes to these areas that we just talked about today? I, I think, I, I think we are for We're deeper. We, we are ourselves and many other companies have hardened whatever practices that we've started in this last year into sort of a natural rhythm, right? Mm. And, and you know, I, I love the fact that I've got a CEO and a senior leadership team that are committed, right? And that are likely the task force going through this metamorphosis of, of understanding, right? Of, of because you, listen, you got a big organization, you sit on the top of a big organization, it's easy for information to come to you in a very, very curated way, right? And we're busy. So so what's happened is folks are stepping out of their comfort zone. They are leaning in. They are asking questions. Um, they are taking direction, right? And, 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 and are doing the work, right? Mm-hmm. They're doing the work. So I know, right? Is the world going to change? No, but I do know, yes. The world will change over time, but I do know that we are deadly focused on making it better every day, right? And so the numbers that I've just talked about, the the ongoing work, we publish updates, and it's real, 
right? It's absolutely real. So we're we're making sure that our say do is one to one. That's all that uh, anyone could ask for. I mean, it's getting a chance to walk the walk, and and you know, after you've done a little talk, to do a little bit more walking. I think that's great. Yeah, and I, I, yeah. You and I appreciate you guys putting out the website. You know, keeping people updated because um, you got you, you put it all out there. There's stats, and they get updated constantly. And I appreciate that as well. And for anybody who who wants to know. Uh, wants to check out some of the things you're doing. Do you have the the website or some of the places they could go to learn um, that? I don't have that right in front of me because the print is so small. I don't know where my reading glasses are. <laughs> but if, if you go onto our, our basic Salesforce website, uh, it won't be hard to navigate where you will find what's happening in our from our Office of Equality, as well as you know specifically our our, our work on the racial equality and justice task force. That's awesome. And I'll, I'll make sure we put a link up just to give, make it a little easier for people to follow. Yeah, and and also, Craig, uh, we're not done this week because Craig is actually joining me and a host of uh, vendor CRM vendor executives and what we're calling the CRM Players Executive Roundtable on making the case for doing good. And you just got a little bit of a taste of what that conversation is going to be like. But we're going to be talking to executives like like Craig, Salesforce, Microsoft, Oracle, SAP, um, and others, Zoho, and um, we're we're going to be touching based on things like you know what doing good in terms of philanthropy, doing good in terms of education, doing good in terms of inclusion and diversity, and also doing good in things like sustainability and also international crisis when things happen unexpectedly. You know, there's a lot of companies that jump in and do good. So we're going to spend about 75 minutes with these executives having a very frank, open conversation about why do good, how to do good. You know, what is the benefit of doing good beyond your company? And that I think that's going to be a really important discussion. So I'm glad that Craig will be back joining me for that. So you stay tuned. That'll be Thursday, this Thursday, 1.30 p.m. East Coast time right here, LinkedIn Live. So on behalf of Craig, thank you, Craig, for joining me. And I will see you guys uh, Thursday. Thanks again for stopping by.